0: I don't know how many crimes Alec Murdoch will be charged in, but a South Carolina judge ruled again that he is a danger to himself and the community, and he was denied bond for a second time. My name is Mandy Matney, and I've been investigating the Murdoch family for more than two and a half years now, and this is the Murdoch Murders Podcast. This week, Fitznews was first to report that Alec Murdoch was denied bond for the second time after Judge Clifton Newman received Murdoch's psychiatric evaluation following his bond hearing on charges related to the botched Gloria Satterfield settlement. Newman ruled that Alec Murdoch was a danger to both himself and others. I'll read apart from his ruling. Following the initial denial of bond, the court received a psychiatric evaluation of the defendant dated on October 22nd, 2021. After considering the arguments of counsel, the evaluation submitted, pending charges and other investigations, and the apparent character and mental condition of the defendant, the court finds the defendant is a danger to both himself and the community. This was the third time in just three weeks that a South Carolina judge ruled against the disgraced attorney whose father, grandfather, and great grandfather all served as a solicitor over a five county region in the Lowcountry. And that is a big deal. To recap, Alec Murdoch was arrested at a rehab center in Orlando, Florida and charged with two felony counts of obtaining property by false pretenses related to the Gloria Satterfield case. He's been behind bars for a month now. Now, after Judge Newman made his ruling this week, I spoke with Eric Bland, who is an attorney representing the Satterfield family and who has been a key figure in uncovering evidence that led to Alex's arrest. Bland said it's clear to him that Judge Newman was looking beyond Ellick's two charges when making his decision to determine that Ellick is a danger to the community. The key point, he says, in Newman's ruling is the part where he talks about pending charges and other investigations.
1: I think it's very telling um, the way Judge Newman operates here. Obviously, he's presiding over all the criminal matters being designated by the Supreme Court but he's hearing things and being exposed to different things from law enforcement officers seeking warrants, whether they're search warrants or uh, people to appear before the grand jury. He's hearing and seeing things that that we're not seeing. And obviously it has caused him almost unilaterally without a hearing here to make a decision that Alex is not only a clear and present danger, but he's a flight risk. And he's making assessments on potential crimes that go way beyond the Satterfield matter.
0: There are seven ongoing criminal investigations involving Alec Murdoch and his family right now. And it's important to note that the South Carolina Chief Justice appointed Judge Newman to oversee all of those criminal proceedings.
1: He fully, um, uh, analyzed it, heard all the facts, looked at the submission, looked at the report by the psychiatrist. But, again, it's much bigger than the single crime. He is looking at the totality of what is coming before him by way of search warrants, by way of grand jury uh, witnesses and testimony. And he's hearing and seeing things that none of us know about. And whether it's related to drugs that Harpudlian's talking about, or it's related to the Cowboys, like some of the articles last week said, um, we don't know. But he did say to the public it's not just based on Satterfield, it's based on other investigations. He is a danger. And he doesn't see an ending.
0: As this case keeps expanding, it's difficult to keep track of all the investigations going on that are related to the Murdoch family. So we're gonna do a quick recap, starting back in 2015 and working our way up to a couple weeks ago. The rumors just going around handson that everybody keeps coming up to me and saying it was Murdoch
1: always. This name, people associated with this name have been going around kinda kinda threatening or putting the heat on saying, you know, keep your mouth closed if you heard something, whatever. Buster was was on our radar long before you were, you know. Yes, sir. Um the Murdochs know that. They know that he's okay. that he's on our radar. I don't have anything against them, but if it happened like you said, I mean if
0: it happened The first investigation tied to the Murdoch family is the Stephen Smith case. Steven Smith was a gay 19-year-old man from Hampton County, South Carolina, who was brutally murdered in 2015. His death was initially misclassified as a vehicular hit and run, even though information from the crime scene was inconsistent with that conclusion. The Murdoch name came up more than 40 times in the investigation. However, there were never any suspects named in the case. On June 22, 2021, the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division officially opened an investigation into Stephen Smith's death, and that was based on information gathered during the course of the double homicide investigation of Maggie and Paul Murdoch. So far, no arrests have been made in the new Stephen Smith investigation, and SLED has not updated the public on the status of Stephen's case. The second investigation is the inquiry into both Gloria Satterfield's death and wrongful death settlement. SLED officially opened a criminal investigation into the suspicious 2018 death of Murdoch family housekeeper Gloria Satterfield, who died of a traumatic brain injury allegedly following a trip-and-fall incident caused by dogs while working at the Murdoch's home at Moselle. According to SLED, the investigation into Satterfield's death was open based on a request from the Hampton County Coroner, as well as information gathered during the course of SLED's other investigations involving Alec Murdoch. When they opened the investigation, authorities initially believed that Satterfield died at the Murdoch's Hampton County home. However, it was later discovered that the incident that led to her death happened at Moselle, which is the same place where the double homicide of Maggie and Paul occurred. Sled is also looking into the botched Gloria Satterfield settlement that happened after her death. In the Satterfield case, Murdoch and others are accused of making off with millions from her wrongful death settlement. Elec Murdoch's latest charges stem from an investigation by South Carolina attorneys Eric Bland and Ronald Richter, who uncovered a shocking paper trail showing how Elick Murdoch allegedly stole more than $3.6 million from Satterfield settlement.
1: Think about the, the type of courage it finally took for them to go see a lawyer and pursue a possible claim against the Murdochs. Now they want answers, which they wanted from the start, about the money now they want answers about their mother and and you know right now until Alex has proven otherwise she died because of the dogs um, but they also want justice now and justice comes in many forms you know it comes in getting the money like you said that they deserve but if somebody you know if a 57 year old woman died prematurely at somebody's hands well then justice has to be served for that too
0: the third criminal investigation involving the Murdoch family is the obstruction of justice investigation into the 2019 boat crash that killed Mallory Beach. In February, 2019, a highly intoxicated Paul Murdoch was allegedly driving his father's boat when 19-year-old Mallory Beach was killed in a horrific crash near Paris Island, South Carolina. Police fire. Hello Hello? We're in a boat crash on Archer Street. Okay. And then well, who's that in the background? There's there's six of us and one is missing. In July twenty twenty one, attorneys representing Connor Cook, who was a survivor of the two thousand nineteen boat crash, dropped a petition alleging that law enforcement conspired to shift the focus of the investigation away from Paul Murdoch prior to him being charged with three felonies in connection with the crash. Paul's father, Alec Murdoch, and his grandfather, who was former solicitor, Randolph Murdoch III appeared at the hospital 10 minutes after Paul Murdoch did, according to witness statements. In fact, multiple victims and hospital employees told police that Alec Murdoch appeared to be more concerned with orchestrating a plan in the criminal investigation than he was about finding Mallory Beach. And this was in the early morning hours of February 24, 2019, right after Mallory Beach was ejected into the dark water, only to be found dead a week later. A security guard overheard Alec Murdoch on the phone saying, she's gone, don't worry about her, when Mallory had only been missing for a few hours. And on scene, Mallory Beach's boyfriend, Anthony Cook, told police multiple times that Paul Murdoch was the one driving when they crashed. But only one officer wrote that down. And that one officer was later fired from the Beaver County Sheriff's Office.
1: You all know Alec like Murdoch. I know that name. That's his son. That's so driving, Good luck.
0: So that brings us to number four, the double homicide investigation, the case that shoved the Murdoch family into the international spotlight this summer. Alec Murdoch claimed to have discovered the bodies of his wife, Maggie Murdoch, and his youngest son, Paul Murdoch, on his family's 1,700-acre hunting property known as Moselle on June 7, 2021.
1: Hey, I'm standing now in one way emergency.
0: This is Alex Murdoch at 4147 Moselle Road. I need to police this man just immediately. My wife and child just got badly. Paul Murdoch was killed by a pair of shotgun blasts to the head and to the chest, while Maggie Murdoch was reportedly killed by a semi automatic rifle at or around the same time that her son was killed. Her cell phone was discovered the following day along a South Carolina rural road near where the killings took place. In just a couple of weeks ago, Jim Griffin, who is one of Alec Murdoch's bulldog attorneys, admitted to reporters that his high-profile client is a person of interest in the double homicide and that the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division has not eliminated Alec from its investigation, and that is a big deal. That brings us to the alleged shooting slash assisted suicide on Labor Day weekend, which would be the fifth investigation involving the Murdoch family. On September 4th, 2021, Alec Murdoch called 911 to claim that he had been shot in the head while on the side of a rural Hampton County road in broad daylight. I stopped, I got a flat tire Mm -hmm. and I stopped and somebody stopped to help me. And when I turned my back, they
1: tried
0: to shoot me. Oh, okay. Were you shot? Yes. But okay, I'm okay. He just landed. You shot where? Where were you shot at? Huh? Did they actually shoot you? Or they tried to shoot you. They shot me. Where? Where part of your body? Uh, I'm not sure. Somewhere on my head. Many question if he was actually shot. Due to the fact that he appeared in a bond hearing just two weeks later without a scratch on his head. After evidence started piling up against him, Alec Murdoch told police he paid a man named Eddie Smith to shoot him in the head on a side of the road so his son Buster Murdoch could collect a $10 million insurance payout. Just last week, Alec Murdoch was indicted on three charges of conspiracy, filing a false police report, and a new charge of presenting a false claim for insurance payment of more than 10 dollars So now we are at the sixth investigation into Alec Murdoch and his family, which would be about the PMPED money.
1: It was uncovered that he had uh, perhaps, well, not perhaps, he had uh, converted some client and and law firm money to his own use to, and again, spent most of that on opioids.
0: Yes, you just heard from Murdoch's attorney, Dick Harpalian, on the Today Show claiming that his own client committed a crime. So on September 13th, SLED launched an investigation to determine whether Alec Murdoch misappropriated funds in connection to his position as a former lawyer at the law firm started by his great-grandfather, PMPED. In the aftermath of the roadside shooting on September 4th, PMPED all of a sudden accused Alec of misappropriating more than $10 million from the firm and its clients. But the weird thing is, PMPED never required. That the SLED conduct this investigation. So SLED, without PMPED's request, launched its own. It's important to note here that PMPED filed a lawsuit against Alec Murdoch for the alleged missing funds. On Friday, Alec, who is now being represented by his criminal defense attorneys Griffin and Harputlian, pleaded the Fifth Amendment when he responded to this lawsuit. The implication there is that he is avoiding incriminating himself in the case. And that brings us to the seventh investigation, the drugs. On the day of Elick's hearing about his assets, McClatchy Newspapers published a report that said a grand jury investigation was specifically targeting a low country gang based in the Walterboro area, believed to be named the Cowboys. Both The Post and Courier and McClatchy, which are mainstream media who have tended to side with the Murdoch family, cited anonymous sources in referencing the grand jury investigation, which appears to stem from checks written by Alec Murdoch to a drug courier, apparently. However, my sources have said nothing about this cowboy's investigation. Since the assisted suicide situation, the defense has repeatedly pushed Alex's alleged drug addiction to the media. However, it's important to note that Fitznews has reported on multiple other drug pipelines with alleged connections to the Murdoch family. Particularly, Fitznews founding editor, Wolf Folks has uncovered deep connections between the Murdochs and alleged drug smuggler, Barrett Bowler, his name is spelt like Boulware, but apparently pronounced like Bowler. Murdoch was Bowler's legal representative and business partner prior to Bowler's death in September 2018. Following a brief battle with cancer, Bowler was widely believed to be involved in the drug trade. In fact, at one point during the early stages of the war on drugs, he and his father faced charges in Florida in connection with a South Carolina drug smuggling operation. Alec Murdoch and Barrett Bowler were co owners of multiple properties in the low Country. And actually, Barrett was the former owner of Moselle, which we all know as the Murdoch family hunting lodge that became infamous as the site of the brutal double homicide in June of this year. Colleton County property records state that Murdoch paid Barrett bowler's wife $5 for Moselle. But, as my boss Will Folks has reported, the transfer deed dated back to April 10th, 2013, referenced the exchange of like-kind replacement property totaling $730,000, which is a part of a multi-property, non-simultaneous tax-free exchange transaction. And what's also interesting about Moselle, it has a landing strip and a barn with doors that can fit an airplane according to multiple sources who have seen it and pictures that I've seen from the property. And that's just what we know so far. Who knows how deep this gets and how many other criminal investigations will begin. Sources have said that Judge Newman can only consider allegations against Murdoch that are on the record when it comes to determining bond. But, essentially, he's looking at a man who's clearly unstable, who is dangerous considering all of the factors at play here. Alec Murdoch is a man who allegedly hired another man to shoot him just a couple months ago. He is a person of interest in the double homicide investigation of his wife and son, according to his own attorney. Alec Murdoch is a person who didn't have a single family member show up at his bond hearing. He has links to multiple drug smugglers, he is accused of stealing millions of dollars from his Dead housekeeper's family and other clients. And he has concocted complicated, twisted plans to steal from people and hide the money. He is a person whose assets have recently been locked up by the court and handed over to court appointer receivers to dig through. And he is a person who's pulled tricks from jail to keep victims away from his assets. Eric Bland said it's very possible that Newman saw the shady moves a couple weeks ago from his attorneys when Alec Murdoch confessed judgment and lawsuits against him that were filed by his brother and his former law partner. Last week after we published our podcast on Alec's money situation, I highly suggest you going back and listening to episode 16 if you haven't already we discussed yet another shocking and shady move by the Murdoch's. Less than 24 hours after Alec Murdoch was sued by his own brother, Randy Murdoch IV, for a total of $90,000 of unpaid debt in money and equipment, the disgraced South Carolina attorney confessed judgment in the lawsuit. And after we found that out, we discovered that Alec Murdoch confessed judgment in another lawsuit filed by his former law partner, John E. Parker. And in that case, Murdoch alleged allegedly owes him $477,000. Confessing judgment typically means that a defendant is acknowledging the amount owned as a valid and enforceable debt and authorizing the South Carolina court system to enroll a judgment against him in that amount. This would essentially prioritize Alec's debt to Randy and to Johnny Parker ahead of a long line of alleged victims who are currently suing Alec Murdoch. But when Alec Murdoch attempted his backdoor move to confess judgment totaling in $567,000 to his brother and former law partner, the new receivers John T. Lay and Peter McCoy sprang into action. In a three-page motion submitted earlier this month, which was one day after Ellick's latest confession became public, Lay and McCoy asked Judge Hall to issue an emergency order which would essentially block the enforcement of that shady legal maneuver. Eric Bland told me that these recent moves of confessing judgment just shows that Alec and his family have and will always game the system. He said that they don't think decency and the rules apply to them.
1: He's a 100% full-blown coward and he's going to abuse and use the legal system in our state. And he appears to have lawyers willing to help him do it.
0: And speaking of the South Carolina legal system and those lawyers willing to help Alec Murdoch, Soon after Judge Newman made his ruling last week to keep Ellick behind bars at the Richland County Detention Center, Ellick Murdoch's quote-unquote bulldog attorneys have filed a habeas corpus petition with South Carolina's Supreme Court in an attempt to get the disgraced attorney out of jail. Reporter Avery Wilkes of the Post and Courier newspaper first reported that attorneys Dick Harpalian and Jim Griffin petitioned to the Supreme Court to overrule Judge Newman's decision, keeping Murdoch behind bars as the court found that he was a danger to himself and society. According to the Post and Courier, the petition said, that Murdoch's psychiatric evaluation concluded that Murdoch was not a danger to the community, but rather it painted him as a recovering opioid addict who needed to get back to rehab. When Judge Newman previously denied bond for Alec Murdoch on October 19th, he never guaranteed that he would release him pending the results of a psychiatric evaluation. He just said that he would consider it. Now, multiple attorneys told Fitznews that that latest move by the Murdoch camp to file the habeas corpus motion shows that Alec Murdoch is begging to get out of jail. Murdoch's attorneys are arguing that because their client was charged with nonviolent crimes, he's entitled to bond based on the state's constitution. Murdoch, whose father, grandfather, and great-grandfather grandfather all served as the 14th Circuit solicitor for nearly a 100 years has been behind bars for a month now. Eric Bland told me he didn't think that the South Carolina Supreme Court would rule in the favor of the Murdoch camp.
1: It's a desperate act. Um, They're they're not going to overturn what Judge Newman is doing since he's the assigned judge on the case and he's the one who's hearing all the information and just like we talked about this morning in his order he said other investigations so he's privy to things that aren't just Satterfield related and and he's making the decision that while yes there is a presumption that somebody is entitled to bond it's not absolute and it's discretionary and he has his finger on the pulse and and is privy to a lot of different things that are having to do with the grand jury or whether they're issuing search warrants or different subpoenas. Um, and he's made the calculated decision, you know, after analyzing it and giving it a lot of thought that he still represents a danger to the community and to himself. And so just because they submitted an evaluation from a psychiatrist that says that he's an opioid addict and that he was on his way to recovery, that doesn't mean that he gets fined. There are other factors, and those factors are uh, it could be that he looked at the confessions of judgment that he was signing, that he's a risk and a flight risk, or it could be totally unrelated, related to the Cowboys or related to Cousin Eddie or drugs or whatever. We have no idea what he's doing. But I don't think the Supreme Court's going to superimpose themselves and now sit like Judge Newman is and say that he's entitled to bond.
0: Not going to happen. Bland told me that he thinks Judge Newman's decision should stick. And on a broader scale, Eric believes that Newman's decision shows that the wheels of the South Carolina justice system are now spinning in the right direction.
1: I think our justice system is now working as fully intended. That you have a judge that, um, based on his background, views these crimes seriously. Um, Two, that they're not treating Alex Murdoch or his high-powered lawyers any differently than any other charged criminal in this state and that Alex now realizes he's drinking from the same cup of justice that every other charged criminal in this state must drink from and that has to scare him because he can't manage his defense from a jail cell and he can't manage his finances anymore because they're now in the hands of a court-appointed receiver who is in real time you know, taking actions based on what Alex is doing. Like last Friday, they filed a motion to say the enforcement of those confession judgment. The noose is typing around Alex's neck. That's that's a, that's the noose of justice.
0: And finally, we need to update you on the Gloria Satterfield case. On November 11th, attorneys Eric Bland and Ronald Richter announced that Palmetto State Bank settled with Gloria's two sons, Tony Satterfield and Brian Harriet, for an undisclosed amount. The action ends the pending lawsuit against Palmetto State Bank and leaves Alec Murdoch as the only remaining defendant who hasn't agreed to a settlement. Palmetto State Bank is the fifth potentially liable party to have settled or resolved differences with the Satterfield family since Bland and Richter filed their lawsuit in September. The two attorneys have recovered more than $6.5 million in total for the Satterfield family, according to Eric Land.
1: You know, we're proud, obviously. Uh, it's just for our clients. That's what we wanted to do, you know, get them, justice as quick as we can not you know delay it over time and so you know it's not like we accepted fast quarters against slow dollars because I think we got a lot of dollars you know obviously they were only entitled to 2.75 million from the original 4.3 million and we've recovered more and we're not done yet we feel like we're gonna recover more from other parties uh, including Alex we just feel like that there was such a pressure on these parties that were defendants or target defendant parties to settle for business reasons and to disassociate themselves from Alex. Because anybody that I believe that gets within an arm's reach of him is going to um, you know, suffer a character, loss of their character, loss of their reputation, or loss of business. And um, certainly from the business clients we sat, settled with, they, they made that decision that it, you know, whether they had legal defenses to our claims or what we were contending, I don't think they had the luxury
0: of time to test them out because Alex is just that toxic. Eric Land told me that he's also proud to have contributed to a case that ultimately holds bad actors accountable. Bland said that there's something a lot more important that happened with this work, that Mallory Beach and Gloria Satterfield did not die in vain. Their deaths led to major changes in the justice system that are still happening.
1: They really did end up dying for a purpose, and that is you know, not only to bring people like Alex to justice and, and others around him, whether that justice is criminally or through their professional licenses, But I think long term it's gonna have a dramatic effect on our system, on how judges deal with lawyers and settlements and how willing they're willing to go off the record or not have a transcript or do it in chambers. Um, And I think that whether there's another Hampton County in South Carolina where somebody has a little bit of a stronghold or a lot of stronghold on the justice system there, I think that's going to wane. I think people are not going to tolerate, you know, a single family or a single law firm having a stranglehold on the justice system in that county. So I think that long term, um, Mallory Beach and Gloria Satterfield will have had a dramatic effect on our justice system and make it pure and the way it was intended to be.
0: On Monday, November 15th, FitzNews News founding editor, Will Folks exclusively reported that the South Carolina statewide grand jury is convening in the state capitol this week to consider matters related to the Murdoch murders. We're not sure which matter that is, but stay tuned to Fitznews.com. That's F-I-T-S news.com for the latest updates on this developing story. On a really exciting note, I am proud to share big news that I've been sitting on. My best friend, journalistic role model, and partner in true crime, Liz Farrell, is joining the Murdoch Murders podcast and fitsnews.com. Liz taught me everything I know about investigative journalism, and I can't wait for y'all to meet her, and she will be on the next episode, and many more episodes to come, so stay tuned.
1: There's so much to unpack in this case, and Mandy works tirelessly to expose the truth. But the truth is, she works hard, and she does get tired. If you believe, like I do, that Mandy is the best in the business, and I'm a little biased, visit MurdochMurdersPodcast.com and click the Support the Show link to learn how you can help. Leave a five-star review to offset the haters. Refer an advertiser and get a finder's fee. Or advertise your company, product, or service. We can geotarget across the globe and find the right audience to suit your needs. Help us get Luna some treats so she doesn't interrupt the show as much. And absolutely subscribe to Fitznews.com. Mandy and Will are revolutionizing journalism, and your subscriptions are invaluable to that mission. Plus, you get awesome content every day.
0: And don't forget to leave a five-star review, unless you're going to be nasty and talk about my vocal fry. The Murdoch Murders Podcast is created by me, Mandy Matney, and my fiancé, David Moses. Produced by Luna Shark Productions.